I want to welcome you to the first episode of the Vision Clarity Leadership Podcast, where I am extremely passionate about helping you expand your leadership capacity so that you can lead with a big, bold, and courageous vision, one that will inspire your team, impact the community, and ultimately change the world. I am your host, Seth Yolorda, and I am just so glad that you decided to join me today for this episode one of this podcast. I want to tell you, my vision is to bring vision clarity to over 1 million organizations. Yes, I have a big vision for vision clarity. And this podcast is just one of the ways I plan on reaching that vision. And so I want to tell you, I'm going to work really, really hard to bring valuable content to you in about 20 to 25 minutes, content that you can act on and implement immediately. Like that's the goal. I want this podcast and this content to be relevant to what you are about to step into. If you're listening to this while you're driving to work or you're watching this on your lunch break, when you turn this video off, when you turn this podcast off, I want you to be able to implement the things that you have heard and listened to and learned immediately. That's my goal. That's my big goal. That's my commitment to you. And I would just ask that if you actually find this content to be helpful, that you would just leave a, a review, that you would write a review, that you would rate the content wherever you're consuming it, whether it's on podcast or YouTube form. I'm always looking for a five star review. I would love for you to hit the subscribe button. And it would just mean the world to me if not just rating it and reviewing it, but if you'd also share this content. And the reason I ask that is because. I am really trying to build a community of visionaries, individuals, men and women who are leading teams, leading organizations, and who want to really kind of sharpen their sword. You know, iron sharpens iron. I'm trying to build this community so that we can grow together. And so if you can share this with your colleagues, with your team, with your friends, even with your family, if that's safe to do, I would love for you to help me build this community. Now, because this is episode one, I just kind of really want to share with you some, some things that have been taking place in my life that I know are going to be extremely relevant to your life and to your leadership. I want to talk today about what we have come to known as the great resignation. I'm sure you are familiar with this. If you are in leadership, you're leading a team, or maybe you're just on a team, I'm sure you've heard this term, the great resignation. It's a term that was largely coined and popularized during the height of the pandemic and during 2020, because there was just an abundance of people who were leaving the workplace, people who were making the decision to step away from their regular nine to five jobs and to just pursue entrepreneur work, go back to school, really find themselves going after their dream job. They were just no longer content with working that regular nine to five minimum wage job where they were just punching the clock, but they weren't really getting any type of true professional fulfillment. And the reason why I want to talk about this today is because I have recently just joined this movement the great resignation. Just as of January 1st, I am no longer serving in the role that I was serving for the last 15 years. You see, for the last 15 years, I have been a pastor, a part of a global denomination where I have served large churches and smaller churches as a senior pastor, as an executive pastor, and went to school for this four years undergrad, two years seminary. So around 20 plus years total of really finding myself in this pastoral space. And I just got to the point around four or five years ago where I just started feeling like God was stirring something in me. 
that he really was calling me out of this role and into a new role. I was developing skills and gifts and talents and discovering and learning more about myself. And over the last five years, I really just was sharpening my sword and surrounding myself with other like-minded people to the point where I said, you know what? I feel it's now time for me to transition. And so as of January 1st, I have officially transitioned from my role as a pastor And I'm now serving as a strategy consultant and a leadership coach for organizations and for individuals who are trying to lead their teams and lead organizations. And this is the space where I want to spend the rest of my life, where I really want to help organizations grow and develop. Now, the reason why I want to talk about this today is because I think that there are two types of individuals who are listening to this right now. You are either on a team. And you yourself are feeling as though something is stirring within you, like you're not quite content with your job. You're feeling as though you might want to consider pursuing a different line of work, going into a different industry, maybe going back to school, maybe launching out and doing some entrepreneurial work. You're just feeling as though something is happening inside of you. That's one type of listener right now. The other type of listener, I believe, is an individual who is leading a team or leading an organization. Maybe you're a senior leader, a principal, a superintendent, a manager of some sort. Maybe you're a pastor or an executive, and you are actually concerned that this great resignation is going to affect your organization. You're sitting back saying, wait, like millions of people are leaving their jobs right now. You've probably had a handful of people maybe already let you know if they haven't left already that they're about to leave. And you're saying to yourself, what do I do about this? How do I stop this? How do I save my organization from being one of those organizations where there is a help wanted, we're hiring sign on the front of your door? So I I want this content to really speak to both of those individuals, the person who is considering the transition and the person who's trying to create a space on their team where their team members don't want to transition. So let's start from the beginning. When you think about what has caused this great resignation, a lot of research has gone into this, even in just the short 18 months that it's really been popularized. A lot of research has gone into this. And what the Bureau of Labor Statistics has shown us is that millions of people are leaving their jobs and have left their jobs from April of this year to July of this year. Millions of people have left their jobs. And what we're discovering through research is that a lot of people are leaving their jobs because, number one, they feel like the pay is inadequate right? They're tired of either it was minimum wage or long hours and not enough benefits. People, they don't have time to pick up their kids from school. Maybe they don't have time to take run to the doctor. They, they have to take sick leave and take vacation time to do anything, right? And so they're like, listen, I'm, I'm tired of this. You don't pay me enough to put up with all of this stress, right? So that's one group of people. Some people are resigning from their jobs because they realize I don't want to live in this city anymore. I want to be around family. I want to be around friends. Maybe you want to be in a different climate. Maybe you want to be in a place where there's a a lower cost of living. And so you're like, you know what? Listen, I'm going to move to Texas, to Florida, to to Michigan, to, to Atlanta, to Cali. Like I'm moving to be closer to my core group, right? To my tribe. And so we know that that is a reason why people are leaving. Another reason is because people are just afraid of the virus facts, right? No shade. They're just like, you know what? I don't know what's going on. There's a lot of people who don't want to wear masks, not getting boosted. You know, there's a whole lot of misinformation out there. So I'm out, right? I'm going to do something different. I'm not putting up with whether it's the retail space, the food service industry. I'm not putting up with uh, these folk who don't want to abide by the principles of the CDC. 
Right. And then there's a group of people who are just saying, you know what, you know, I want to spend more time with my family. You know, maybe I want to get more of my time to taking care of my my parents who are aging or taking care of my children. I just want to I want to be home more and I, won't, I don't want to be a slave to the clock. And so this is a lot of the reasons why people are leaving. But when I was really doing a lot of deep digging into this, at the end of the day, what I began to realize is that a lot of people are leaving because they are just tired. That's it. They're tired. They want a break. They are burnt out. I have so many pastor friends said, you know what? I am just tired.com. Like tired, tired. They just need a break. And so they're saying, I'm done. Their mental health is being impacted. Their physical health is being impacted. Their spiritual health is being impacted. And they want to break. We do know that burnout is predictive of turnover intentions. So if you are an organizational leader and you're saying, how do I get ahead of the curve? How do I determine whether or not people are about to leave my organization? Just ask your people if they're burnt out. If you ask them or if you poll them or you give them a survey and you start to have conversations with them and you realize that, man, Mary over there is burnt out and Sarah's burnt out and Jimmy's burnt out and Tim is burnt out. Like burnout from an org psychology perspective is indicative of turnover intentions that burnout happens. And then a few days later, they put in their resignation, right? Maybe not that quick, but you get the point. Burnout is indicative of turnover intentions. And so people are at that point where they're saying, you know what, I'm tired. This is not what I signed up for. And they are starting to reimagine what their life could look like if they really pursued what they valued and were dreaming and the vision for their life. They're asking themselves, what type of life do I really want to live? Because whatever it is, this ain't it. So it's time for me to make a, a transition. You know, I was listening to a, a YouTube news station called Gravitas, uh, and they did an episode on the Great Resignation. And I want to share just a brief clip of what she said about this Great Resignation. Let's take a listen. A survey asked people why they quit their jobs. 40% cited burnout. 20% spoke about the lack of flexibility. 16% said the previous employer was not supporting their well-being. So what were they looking for in their new jobs? 40% said the ability to work remotely according to personal preference. That's what people want. You see, people today don't want their lives to revolve around their jobs anymore. They want their jobs to fit into the kind of life they want to live. A parent who's raising a child wants a job where he or she can take time off every day to drop the little one to soccer. A 25-year-old may not want to slog it out 10 hours a day anymore. He may want to work five hours a day and wants the employer who would respect that. Some may want to work from home for the rest of their lives. Today, people are looking for jobs that are flexible, remote, that have shorter work days, that have four-day work weeks. People want a job that helps them maintain a work-life balance, period. That's it. People want a job that will help them maintain work-life balance, period. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that everybody's going to leave the traditional corporate institution, right? No, we get that, right? A lot of people who are currently working on teams and organizations, corporations, institutions, they're finding a lot of work-life balance, or maybe the vision for the organization closely aligns with the vision for their personal lives or their gifts. 
And so they are happy and they're content and they're thriving in the workplace. But then there are individuals who are just saying, you know what, I feel like there's a misalignment between who I am and the space that this organization is currently creating for me. And it's time for me to transition. Now, now this is the thing that I want us to understand is that when God created us, Genesis 2, right? And I'm not going to preach to you, but I just want to lay this foundation. When God created us in Genesis 2, the Bible tells us that he made us in his image. That when he made you and me, he looked at himself and he said, I'm going to make someone who looked just like me. Not just from a physical standpoint, we know God is spirit, but not just from a feature standpoint, but from an animation standpoint, from a heart standpoint, from a character standpoint. We know that God is a creator. He created the earth and in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created all of this. And God has instilled with inside of us also this creative gene, this seed, this creative seed that he desires for us to grow. Now, some people are more creative than others, and I'm not talking about whether or not you would classify yourself as a creative, right? As this modern kind of designation of a type of person, right? No, you may not be a creative, but you were designed by the creator to be a creator, that you give life, you innovate, you create, you build. That, that is who God created us to be. And so when you are really in tune with the vision for your life and the dream that God has placed within you, if that vision and if that dream doesn't align and find space in your current organization, then it may be time for you to consider a transition, right? Now, don't get me wrong. Again, there are many pros from working within a formal organization. When I think about my time as a pastor for the last 15 years, I met some of my closest friends in that organization who are pastors still today. And I love them and I support their ministry, right? I had a great time. I developed a lot of relationships, developed who I am as a person, my skills, my work ethic, my theology, all of that was shaped by this organization. And I'm so grateful for it. But one of the cons to working within a formal organization, whether it's a faith community, a denomination, or whether it is an institution, a healthcare institution, whether it is in a school, regardless of what it is, one of the cons is that a lot of times in working in these big institutions, they force you to operate inside of a box. They want you to color inside of the institution's lines. And if you're okay with that, and if coloring inside of those lines aligns with your gifting and your passion, then you are one of the rare ones and you are lucky to be able to find such alignment. But if you realizing that who you are was created is more than what you are currently doing, I don't want you to not pursue the gift and the dream and the visions that God has given you because of the stability and the pay and the, the benefits of being in a formal organization, right? I want you to really understand who you are, who God created you to be, and to spend the rest of your life finding expression of that creativity in this world. And that's primarily because we need you to be your best. This world needs you to be your best. When you were born, God birthed you because he saw that you were going to be a solution to a problem. And we need you to be that solution. And if you can be that solution within an organization, great. 
But if you have to step outside of an organization, then so be it. I know for me in my journey, you know, the team that I work with and the leadership team, they were extremely accommodating and supportive of my desires to discover who I was. They supported me when I would decide to go back to school to get my PhD. They supported me with budget to, to get certifications and to continue to explore who I was and my gifting and to really try to just add more tools to my tool belt. But I got to a point where I realized that, you know what, I really want to lean into the space. And it doesn't seem like there is a position in this room within this formal organization for me to operate in my full gifting. I approached them about it for sure. I talked to them about it. I tried. I submitted proposals, but it just didn't happen. And so I was forced to make a decision. Am I going to stay in this role as a pastor in which I had some fulfillment, but at the same time, something was dying inside of me? Or am I going to release this role as pastor and step into this new role as consultant and leadership coach and strategic planner and an organizational psychologist so that I can really live out and I believe fulfill the greatest calling that God has placed on my unique life? And so I made that decision, that decision to transition. Now, if you are thinking about transitioning, you're thinking about joining this great resignation movement, there's a few things I want to give you. Number one, before you transition, you need to make sure you have a crystal clear vision for your life, right? It doesn't have to be 30, 40, 50 year vision, but you need to be able to see what is my gift? What is my calling? What is my vision? What is the dream? If you can't see it, then you're not ready to transition, right? I don't want anyone to transition out into ambiguity, right? No, we want to transition into clarity. Transitioning into ambiguity is like jumping out of a plane without a parachute and just hoping that God's going to catch you. No, if you jump out of a plane without a parachute, you're going to die, right? Real talk. That's presumptuous, right? God ain't going to catch you. The clouds will try, but they're going to fail because that's not what they were designed. They were not designed to catch you. You have to have a plan. You got to have a parachute. So what is your parachute? What is your plan? What is the vision? Where do you see yourself going? What is it that God has placed with inside of you that you want to step into? Now, let me just also say this, that if you decide to transition, you need to make sure that you're leaving for a reason that someone will pay you for. Let me say that again, that you are leaving for a reason that someone will pay you for, right? Don't transition into something you're not going to get paid for, right? Unless you got a trust fund. Transitioning for golf, and if you're not on the PGA Tour, bad idea, right? Don't transition because you want to go into your hobbies full time. No, that's not what we do, right? You want to transition into something that someone is going to pay you for. Now, if someone pays you for your hobbies, then it's no longer a hobby, it's a vocation, right? And hopefully they pay you well. So you want to make sure that as you are transitioning, that you are transitioning into something that will be able to add value to your family, something that will take care of your financial needs and something that will speak to the dream that God has placed with inside of you, right? I have a friend, Kimon Hines, who started a company called Ideas to Life, and he works with individuals and entrepreneurs, helping them to monetize their ideas and actually bring them to life. He transitioned into this role full-time a couple years ago, and he's been working with entrepreneurs and individuals ever since. And I asked him, I said, Kimon, what is the advice that you would give someone who is also wanting to transition? And let's listen to what he says. My name is Kimon Hines, and recently I transitioned away from my career to pursuing the unknown of entrepreneurship and building a business. The advice I would give to anyone considering transitioning is you have to do a lot of internal work, of figuring out your why, working through counting the cost of what you're leaving behind, 
And then you need to make a plan and work that plan. I know many people talk about taking a leap when they transition uh, to anything. And I encourage people to build a bridge. So that means um, taking some time to plan out what your move is going to be, figuring out uh, maybe the finances of a move, figuring out the preparation you need to make, and then working diligently on that plan so that you're ready when you make the transition, that it's a bridge that you walk across rather than having to make a leap. And that's the advice I would give. So that's it right there. You've got to build a bridge, right? You have to build a bridge so that you're taking a step, you're not taking a leap. Now, those are for my individuals who are considering transition. I want to speak now just for a moment to my leaders of teams and organizations who are trying to create a culture where people won't want to leave. And I say this with all love and respect. But if you're a leader of a team, you're a leader of an organization, you're in a senior position, you have direct reports, I want you to understand that people, your team is currently, right now, actively, the people on your team, they are actively considering leaving. That's just facts. They are actively considering leaving. They are actively reimagining what their life could look like. They may not have made the decision yet but they are actively beginning to reimagine what their life could look like. If you are a leader and you are leading people who are reimagining what their life could look like, it is your responsibility to reimagine what their work environment could look like. You just can't sit back and say, well, this is what it is. Take it or leave it because they will leave it, <laughs> right? You cannot have that orientation or that disposition, right? You have to recognize employees are tired. Value is no longer defined by the paycheck. They are no longer saying, oh, man, I get paid so much. This is great. You know, I'm just going to keep jumping through these hoops and running through these burning buildings just because I, I love that paycheck. No, the paycheck is not enough anymore. People want work life balance. So the question for you is how can you create an environment where your team members are able to lean into the vision for their lives? If you haven't had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with your team and said, hey, what is your big dream? What is your vision? Do you see yourself here in 5, 10, 15 years? Like, where do you see yourself? Like, that's a place to start is just having that conversation. Then you'll be able to understand that, wow, the organization's vision and my team member's vision is either closely aligned or they're far apart. Now, hopefully they're closely aligned, but if they're not, it then allows you the opportunity to figure out, okay, how can we begin to bridge the gap? Because I have some great employees, some great team members. I want them to stay around. They add tremendous value to this organization. How can I ensure that this organization adds tremendous value to them? That's, as a leader, that's the question you have to be asking yourself. When you are thinking about your team, it's not just about the bottom line. It's not just about making sure that you have enough, uh, you're getting re a return on your investment or you're adding value, you know, adding shareholder value. No, you have to ask yourself, how can we add value to our team and to our employees? They want flex time now. They want to be able to work from home, right? They want to be able to work five hours a day and, and be able to take, take their kids to school and pick their kids up and not feel rushed. They want to be an invest in what's really important to them. And all of these are legitimate issues, legitimate desires, legitimate goals. And so if you're a leader of an organization, 
I want you to begin to think about how can we begin to rearrange our human resources? How can we let our employees prioritize their families, right? Understanding that the paycheck is no longer enough, I have to give them a reason to return to work. Whereas in the industrial age, you were hauling coal or building cars or whatever it was that you were doing, you know, this manual labor and people were showing up just because they had to show up. And the employer was like, listen, I got a line of people out the door who will love your job. So take it or leave it. That's not the day we live in anymore. The day we now live in is you as the leader have to ask yourself, how can I create an environment where my people want to show up to work? You have to think win, win for your team. How can the organization win? And how can my team members win individually? And if my team members are winning, right, I believe the organization is also going to win. And if the organization is winning and my team members are losing, then we are really losing. Because this is the thing. If you don't think win-win, you will lose and another company will win. So you have to ask yourself, how can we create an environment where it's not just diversity of gender diversity or ethnic diversity, but there's also diversity, understanding the diverse needs of my team, my employees, and how can I support and embrace that diversity? Someone asked me as I was considering my resignation, a friend of mine said, Seth, what would it have taken for you to stay? What could your leader, your boss, the conference, your denomination done for you to stay? And initially I thought to myself, well, if they would have obviously created a position for me, I would have stayed. And I wouldn't have resigned. If they would have created a consulting role for me, um, a strategic planning, leadership development, church growth role for me, I would have stayed, right? Gladly. I wanted to work within the context of the church. But then as I really started thinking about it, I said, you know what? If I'm honest with myself, if they would have created a role for me, I would have stayed for a while. But I ultimately would have left because the dream that God has put with inside of me is bigger than one institution. And it's bigger than one organization. The dream and the vision that God has given me is to build my own organization and to build my own corporation where I will be able to hire individuals who have similar vision, who will be able to deliver consulting and best practices and coaching and strategic planning and organizational growth and development training and tools and resources and interventions to our community organizations so that they can grow and live out their purpose, impact the community, and by the grace of God, change the world. That is the big vision for my life and for vision clarity. And so ultimately, I had to be honest and say, you know what, I would have stayed for a while, but in the long run, I would have eventually left because this is what God has ultimately called me to do. Listen, the takeaway for you today If you're thinking about transitioning, make sure you have clarity around the vision. And if you are leading a team, understand that they are rethinking their lives. And so you also have to begin to reimagine what their work life looks like and really lean into how can we create an environment where my team wants to show up on Monday morning. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time. (laughs) 